learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership insight and advice. Welcome to She Leads Podcast, Season 5, Episode 18. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, a mother, businesswoman, and leader. Our guest for today is Tiffany S. Williams. When it comes to describing Tiffany S. Williams' MBA, the phrase, real women support other women, is an understatement. A motivational and inspirational force to be reckoned with, Williams is founder and CEO of Rich Girl Collective, an online training academy for women who are looking to turn their passion into a side hustle or a successful full-time business. After unsubscribing from the narrative that women can't have it all as a professional, Tiffany has made it her life's work to assist other women in transitioning from full-time employee to full-time entrepreneur using online businesses as their vehicle. Tiffany is a firm believer in the idea that great reward follows hard work. And she uses this mantra to encourage others to get out of their own way so they can live a life that brings them joy and fulfillment. As a dynamic online business coach, digital marketing consultant, two-time best-selling author and speaker, Tiffany has grown her tribe to over 70,000 women in her private online community. As an online business strategist, she teaches her students the same strategies that she learned and implemented while working in corporate America that have propelled her to unprecedented levels of online business success. When she isn't helping her students build their business, She's consulting corporations on their digital marketing strategy and workplace community culture. To date, Tiffany has been featured by and contributes to Forbes, Thrive Global, and Addicted to Success. In her spare time, she enjoys spending time with family, working out at the gym, and traveling the world. If you're looking for a relevant, relatable, and real voice, to pour into your employees, students, or clients, Tiffany S. Williams is your match. Without further ado, Leadership Empowerment with Tiffany S. Williams. Tiffany, welcome to She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate you blessing us with your insight today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. How are you doing today? I am awesome. Thanks for asking. Oh, you're welcome. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. You're welcome. Yes, we're excited to have you. So I read your bio and I want to say kudos to you for stepping out on faith and starting your entrepreneur journey after trying to reach whatever level you wanted to reach via corporate. I definitely can understand that journey because I'm still in corporate and I know how it goes. And I think that this is a great area to teach others to do the same. And I'm glad that you've taken that charge. Yes. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. So you ready to talk about leadership? I am ready. Okay. All right. So I myself feel that every person is a leader in one shape or form, whether they realize it or not. Would you agree, Tiffany? I totally agree. Yes. Everyone is a leader, whether they know it or not. 
because I just feel like we're leaders in different areas of our life, whether it's home, work, or any other facet, we are some type of leader. Okay, thanks for that. And can you tell us when you realized you were a leader and what or who helped you to come to this realization? Oh, okay. So I'm the only child. I'm the oldest grandchild on both sides of the family and the only girl grandchild on my mom and dad's side of the family. So I was literally born to be a leader um, (laughs) throughout like college and high school and things like that. I've always had leadership roles like in college. You know, I was over a business club in grad school. We had major projects. I was always like the team lead. So I was always, you know, a leader. You know, I was kind of like raised like that. But on the flip side of that, I'm a Virgo. So (laughs) I like to lead by nature. So, yes, I feel like I have had leadership roles since birth. Okay. I love that. And I love the fact that you've realized that. Now, did you realize it when you were younger or did it take after you got older, you kind of looked back? I think I didn't realize it as, you know, when I was younger, I was just being a boss to my little cousins. So (laughs) that was my way of being a leader back then. And I love the fact that, you know, they would follow me around and I would tell them what to do. So it was more kind of like being bossy rather than being a leader back then. (laughs) Yes, I can relate to that, right? Because I recall my grandmother, different people calling me bossy, which to me that has sort of a negative connotation. But yet, if you can look back, you know, you can appreciate it now because what people call bossy is in sense leadership skills. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Yes, exactly. Okay, so in my upcoming book, The Code of Leadership, The If-Then Process, I outline my experiences and lessons that have helped me to become a better leader with the intention of helping others do the same. Tiffany, can you share what you would consider to be your code of leadership and why? Yes, I would probably base that on a few different things. Number one, I think leaders should always invest in themselves first. And that will help them lead others better, especially if you're like a coach or author or you sell any type of products or service, especially coaching type services, you know. So I think it's important to invest in yourself first. If you if you expect to lead others and expect them to invest in you, you should invest in yourself. So that would probably be one of them. Another thing would be, I would say, to be 100 percent authentic. Right. You see so many people out here and they try to be something that they're not in front of their audience and they try to be perfect. But really and truly, people like to see the real person. They don't like to see the made up person, right? They like to see the real person. They like to see that you're just like them. And that's that's actually how people relate to you even more. And, you know, buy your stuff, follow you because they re- can relate to you, right? Because you're authentic. You're 100% transparent. So I think that's another part of a code of, you know, importance of code of leadership. Another thing that I would say would be not only to give advice as a leader, but also to be able to receive advice, right? A lot of people, mm-hmm. I feel like they're in these leadership roles and they don't want to, they don't want to take criticism or they don't want to get advice from others because they feel like they know everything. So I think it's super important to be able to give and receive advice. And then the last thing I would say is 
when you lead somebody, you should lead somebody based on the needs of that person and not not on the wants, right? So lead, teach, coach based on what your audience or your customer or your student, what they need, not what you want them to know. So I think that would be my main tips. Okay. Thanks for that. I love those tips. And just to circle back, I love what you just said about lead based on a person's need as opposed to their want. So to me, that sounds like take some time to get to know people instead of just giving people like a one size fits all solution. Is that that okay? I love that. Yeah. As well as receive advice. I know a lot of uh, leaders, you know, they, like you said, you're a leader. So maybe you think you know it all, but yet no one knows everything, right? So a person, the lowest person on the totem pole can teach the highest person on the totem pole something if they're willing to learn, yeah, Yeah. for that. And then invest in yourself. I think that was like really key because we, you know, when you want to serve others, we sometimes forget about ourselves and how can we be a full service to anyone else if we haven't taken the time to service ourselves and make sure that we're full and we're good to be Exactly, exactly. Yep. Thanks for that. All right. I believe all leaders experience failure. I myself, I don't like to consider them failures. I like to consider them lessons, take more of an optimistic view. But Tiffany, share your view on failure and what it means to you. I kind of agree with what you just said. I believe too that there are no failures. Failures to me are like seasons to learn. Okay. And it's part of everyone's success plan. Everyone who is successful has gone through it. They fail at some point in time. So I look at really, I look at failure is the final step before you level up. So that's what I think about failures. It's all seasons to learn. It means that as long as you take something from your failure, then you can level up after it's over and you've learned whatever it is. Okay. Thanks for that. I love that. I'm just going to quote one thing. You said failure is a part of everyone's success plan. I love that. (laughs) Right. And like you said, take something away, learn a lesson. I mean, if you don't learn a lesson, then you stay in that failure or you stay in that phase of life. But if you learn from it, like you said, you can level up. So that's right. Exactly. I love that. Okay. So Tiffany, can you share one time you failed as a leader and tell us what you learned from your experience that helped you to become a better leader? Yes, definitely. So when I first started my business about seven years ago, I failed (laughs) a lot. I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out this online thing. I would try, you know, different things and it wouldn't work. And I mean, it was literally failure after failure. And like I said before, that was part of my success plan. However, I watched one video one day, you know, just one video. And after failing all of those times, That one video, something that was said in that one video made it all come together and it clicked and things started falling in place. But I had failed so much. And just because I watched this one video and I had seen, you know, very similar videos before, but the way the person said it, the way the person positioned it, it all clicked after that. So I learned from that, right? Because I had failed and failed and failed. So going forward, I knew what not to do, (laughs) what Mm -hmm. not to do, right? Because I had tried that before. So for me, that was tough because again, I'm a Virgo, so I'm a perfectionist by nature. But I soon realized when you fail, that's when you grow. 
So I had to go through that failure to continually to, you know, get better. And still to this day, I mean, I'm not saying that that was seven years ago. I don't feel I still feel. But every opportunity that something doesn't go right, I step back and I say, okay, that did not go as planned. (laughs) What did I do? What could I have done to make it better? What can I try next time? And going forward, what is the plan of action so that won't happen again? Why did it fail? And I evaluate the situation. And I think a lot of people, when they fail, they get down, they get depressed, they get you know, discouraged and they don't take time to evaluate, okay, why didn't this go as planned? But if you actually sit down and evaluate why it didn't go well, then the next time you try it, which you should go back and try it immediately, you try something different and hopefully you'll have better results. So as long as you're failing and learning, that's a good thing. It's when you fail and you don't try to learn from it, and try again, that's when it's not good. Okay, thanks for that. I love the, and I'll just pull one thing and it reminds me of myself. You said one video and all of a sudden it just clicked, right? And then you mentioned how you would watch other videos that were similar. So that's so funny. It reminds me of different things in life where, I don't know, I guess it's, is it like the time for our brains to be open or that time for us to be receptive? I recall like, you know, to say, let's say talking to my aunt, she'll say something that really stuck with me, right? But yet Uh in the past, my ex-husband would say, I told you that 500 times. I'm like, I mean, I don't know. I didn't hear you. I wasn't ready to hear you. Or even look at that as possibly like seeds being planted. Like, um, right. even though you didn't listen when you heard all of those other ones, maybe those were the seeds that were being planted so that when this other video came along, you were actually ready to receive. Exactly. And, and exactly. Yeah, I love right. that. So consider it all a part of the process, right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Okay. And I love what you said about evaluate. I'm, I'm, I'm so into data. And, you know, I think a lot of people don't take that time to reflect because maybe it's painful, you know, it upsets you or what have you. But like you said, if you want to learn from the situation, you have to evaluate it. You have, you to, have to evaluate it. Yep. yep. So yep. thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Tiffany, do you feel it's easier, harder, or requires the same effort to be a female leader in the entrepreneur ecosystem, and why? That's a great question. (laughs) I personally think it's a bit harder, especially in the online industry. The reason why is because the online world is dominated by men, (laughs) and so women sometimes have to work a bit harder in order for people to take them seriously, to respect them, in order for people to build that know, like, and trust factor, especially when the industry is dominated by a male, but you're still trying to target males, right? You know, just by nature, they might try to gravitate, they might gravitate more toward a male. So I think you have to work a little bit harder, being that though it's so male dominated, especially with women of color, it's not too many in the online space. So, however, however, if you, you know, push through the challenges, the failures and everything, then anybody can be just as as successful. You know, all women can be on the same level as males if you just like push through it. But again, yes, I do think it's a bit harder personally. 
Okay. Thanks for that. And I, I do agree with you that for women and especially women of color, things may be harder, but like you said, push through because nothing is um, impossible, right? You may have right. to, you know, take more classes. You may have right. to follow up a little more often, but at the end of the day, if that's what you have to do to be successful, then just do it. Like you said, push right. through. Right. Exactly. I love that. All right. So productivity is a hot topic right now, as it should be. Many people want to know how to do more with less and be efficient. As a successful leader, this is a must. Tiffany, do you have any productivity tips to share with our listeners? Yes. So I would say like my top, and I'm super big on productivity and getting stuff done because we all have super busy schedules and there's never enough time in the day. I was just telling somebody. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say, and this is what I do. So I would say as far as trying to plan and stay, stay organized, We all have these huge to-do lists every day, right? I've seen people on live streams. I've seen people talk about, you know, how they write these to-do lists, you know, whether they write them, you know, on paper paper and pen or a sign. And it's always so long, you know, it's like sometimes like 20, 30 things. And then it's like no way that you could get through all of those days. And, you know, some people are like, move them to the next day and the next day. And I'm I'm like, okay, that doesn't work. So my (laughs) thing is, take the top three. So I have the top three of the day, which I call the trifecta, right? The most important thing, the thing that's important, but could kind of wait. And then the thing that's important, but it, it can wait. Like it's not a huge deal if it doesn't, if it doesn't get done. And I take my top three things of the day that I want to focus on. And I focus on those top three things and I don't worry about anything else. That way, you won't be overwhelmed by this huge list of 20, 30 things. Because I used to be that person that have a list of 20, 30 things. And by the end of the day, I have more things on the list that I've added than when I started. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so I would be more overwhelmed going into the next day because then the next day I'll have this long list, but then I have the day before as well. So I started prioritizing and picking out the top three things that needs to be worked on, need to get done. And then if, if, if I have additional time in the day, then I will pull from the list. But I don't sit there and look at a long list of 20, 30 things all day. I pull from my top three of the day. That's Mm -hmm. my first thing. Another thing that I had to learn the hard way, and I'm still learning it, is once you get to a certain point in your business, you have to ask for help. You cannot do it all by yourself, especially if you're still working a nine to five and you're trying to build your business on, on your own in the evenings, on the weekend. You have to ask for help. You know, and for me, I'm a full-time entrepreneur and I still have to ask for help because it's never enough time in the day. So asking for help, not when you first start, but once you get to that point where you're trying to move to the next level, hire out people and add people to your team. And then the third thing I would do with on top of all of that, no matter how busy you are during the week, schedule some me time every week, at least one hour every week to yourself, no work, do whatever makes you happy. For me, that's working out. I get the best ideas, even though I'm like, my heart is pumping and, you know, I'm sweating. I feel like I'm going to fall out. That's like the most relaxing time for me. It's weird as it sounds. So I 
say take an at least it should be more, but at least an hour of every week for just me time. Whatever it is you want to do, go to the spa. But you use that time just to regroup, get you know, get those juicy creative juices flowing again, and just to relax and get away from work. So that would probably be my top three productivity tips. Okay, thanks for that. I love all those tips and I definitely agree. And I think the first one you were talking to me because I am still in the stage of putting 30 things on my list and then the next day having to pull over all those different things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, I know the struggle, but I have a question for you. Like, how do you how do you go from 30 things to three things? Because to me, like having three things, I would probably feel like, oh my goodness, I got so much more to do. Like, how do you, how do you make that transition? Yeah. Okay. So most people, which, you know, is what I used to do. Most people add 30 things to the list, but you're pulling from different times. You may write something on a list that is part of a process that doesn't need to be done until like the end of next month. That doesn't need to be on the list right then and there. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It needs to be the things that need to get done like in the next I was normally for me, it needs to get done in the next two to three weeks at the most. Right? Like, especially if it's a process where it's something where I have to hand it off to somebody, then that needs to be priority. But all of the, you know, and then see another thing that I don't do that I used to do, a lot of people make one to-do list. They'll have business. They'll have family stuff on there. They'll have personal stuff on there. They'll have grocery stuff on it. That is way too much. You need to have a list just for business, right? A top three for business, a top three for, you know, personal, a top three. You need to have different multiple lists because you just, it just psychologically, you are overwhelming yourself. If you have a list and you're looking at it all day, and you're every time you look at it, you're like, I'm not moving stuff off the list. I'm not moved. And you're just internally stressing yourself out and your productivity levels are going down because when you're working on something, you're focusing on, OK, I got to hurry up and get this done because it's already five o'clock and I haven't got through one thing on my list. Mm-hmm. So you're doing yourself more harm than good. When you're constantly looking at this stuff of all this stuff you have to do and you're adding stuff to the list. Okay. If I have my top three and something comes up and I have to add it, it doesn't go through that, go to the top three. It goes to the long list that I am not looking at at this moment in time. Mm -hmm. Right Mm -hmm. now in the evening when you reevaluate, okay, what did I do today? Or, you know, on a Sunday, I do this on Sundays. What did I get accomplished this week for my master list? I call it my master list for the week. So each Sunday I make a master list for the week. Everything that needs to get done that week, okay? And then each day I take my top three. So Sunday or at the end of the week, you're going to reevaluate the previous week. And then going forward, okay, so I got this done, this done, this done. All right, let me go back to the master list. What did not get done last week that was on the list? that I need to make a priority this week. That's how I do it. And that's how it's like, you know, it's not as overwhelming of seeing all of that stuff every day. Okay. All right. Thanks for that. And thanks for going into that. Yeah, because I definitely can relate to, you know, wanting to do so much and not having enough time. So just, you know, different tips. And of course, like you said, everything 
doesn't work for everybody, but it's good to be exposed to different ways to try to be the most productive you can. And, and that's a great one. I love your master list and then your top three per day, per category. Yes. I love that. All okay. right. Okay. So Tiffany, can you share an experience that blessed your leadership and tell us about the outcome or the takeaway that you learned? Yes, I definitely can. So I actually feel like my leadership is blessed every day when I wake up and, you know, after I thank God for waking me up and I look at my, grab my phone, look at my messages and I see a testimony from a student who's sending me a screenshot because they made their first sale overnight or, you know, a student who was able to make their final car payment or something like that. So that is like a blessing to me. So not only am I getting blessed, but I feel like I'm able to bless others and I'm blessed when they accomplish their goals because I feel like I'm doing a great job. So it's just really, really fulfilling on both parts. You know, I'm blessing them because my leadership and my teachings and my classes and stuff is helping them to learn a skill that's allowing them to hit their goals. And then they're blessing me because I'm getting feedback and they're letting me know that I'm not only making income, but I'm making an impact on them. And that is part of my mission. So it's kind of like a win-win situation. Okay. Thanks for that. I love that. And I do agree that testimonies and feedback and knowing that you're on the right path and knowing that what you're doing is like you said, making not only income, but an impact. I love how you said that, you know, that, and that's, to me, that's the goal, right? Well, some people may just be interested in money, but I know for me personally, like the impact is so important. Is this worth it? Are people finding value in it? And if I don't care how much money I'm making from it, if nobody's finding value in it, and I'm like, well, what am I doing this for? You know, so right. I love that. Yep. Great. Yeah. Okay. So Tiffany, can you offer our listeners the best advice you have as a leader or have ever received from a leader and tell us how you've implemented it into your life? Yes. Okay. So the best advice that I have received from a leader. So I would probably say one of the best pieces of advice, and I struggled with this, definitely struggled with this when I first got started, is I would probably say in order to be, first of all, an effective leader, you have to be a great follower first. Mm-hmm. And the reason the reason why I think that is super important is because it allows you to have kind of like a better understanding of the role that the people you are leading follow, if that makes sense, right? So if you're leading someone, okay, they're following you. If you've never like followed, been a follower before, an effective follower, then you won't be be able to effectively lead the follower. It's kind of like a tongue twister. So (laughs) I think that's like the best piece of advice. And a lot of people struggle with that. We kind of talked about that. A lot of people struggle with that because they only want to be the leader. They don't want to be the follower. They don't want to be number two or number three and, you know, stand behind someone and get, you know, criticized, effective criticism or, you know, stuff like that. They just want to lead. But that's not good. You have to be a follower, an effective follower. And we talked about it when we first got on. I feel like everybody has some type of leadership role. And I also feel like everybody should have some type of role as a follower so they can effectively lead, right? And then another reason why I say that is because 
if you've only played, you know, if you've only had one role, you need to be able to look at different roles and figure out to yourself which leader role. Because just because somebody is a leader doesn't mean that they're an effective leader. Mm-hmm. That's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Just because somebody is a follower doesn't mean they're an effective follower. So you need to be able to look at the different roles of different followers or look at the different roles at different leaders and see, okay, I like this path. I think this person is an effective leader. This person is a leader, but that's not the way I don't think it's effective. So I don't think that will work for me. Right. So you're actually looking up, you know, if you have somebody that you look up to and they are a leader. OK, what role are they playing? Or do you think they're an effective as a leader? Because, again, all leaders aren't effective. Right. Mm-hmm. So it helps you discover what type of leader that you want to be. It helps you better communicate with your followers if you've been a follower first. And it's just a well-rounded situation. Okay, thanks for that. And I do agree with you. And I do understand what you said as far as this was something that you struggled with, you know, because when you're, like you said, a natural born leader, like this is what you know, this is who you are, then to learn, like, oh, you have to be the followers. Yeah. So, can you just give us an example of what you would consider to be, you know, like how to embrace also being a follower or a good way? to, you know, be a follower as well as a leader, just to give people an example of what that may look like or so that they can identify if they are playing that role or not? Yes. Okay. So we all have different mentors. People ask me all the time, well, who are your top two mentors or whatever that you follow? I have, I believe that you can have mentors that don't even know that they're mentoring you, Mm -hmm. but they are. For instance, there are people on YouTube, like I'm going to just use Michelle Obama or Oprah or Will Smith. They're all my mentors or, you know, Eric, what is it? Eric, the preacher, the one who does the, this motivational speaking. They don't, these people don't even know I exist, but they're my mentors mm-hmm, <laughs> in mm-hmm. one way or the other. I like the way, you know, different people do different things. For instance, Eric, the hip hop preacher, he's a motivational speaker. I love the way he gets in front of an audience and lead people into positive thinking. And, you know, he leads people into thinking you can do this if you want it bad enough, whatever your goals are, you can make it happen. I see him as a leader. I want to aspire to be like him you know, at some point on a motivational speaker level. So right now I am one of his followers. So I am following his lead. I like the way he's doing it. I like the way he's moving. I like the way his branding is. So I look at him and I aspire to be him. So I'm a follower of him. Somebody may look at me on another level. You know, I have students all the time who are like, oh, I want my business to be like yours. I want, you know, be able to work from home. I want to do this. I want to do that. So they look at me as a leader. I wouldn't be effective. You know, I wouldn't be effective. I wouldn't be good for my students unless I have been a follower to somebody else. Right. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. I would not know the path that they're taking to the the way they look at me. Mm -hmm. So. I definitely think, I highly think that it's really, really important to have somebody that you aspire to be or somebody in an effective leader that you follow that 
you they're in the path that you want to go. Like I'm going to use Michelle Obama. I love the way she leads women into thinking that, you know, women can do anything. Mm -hmm. Women run the world. I'm a follower of her because I, you know, am a leader of other women. So I like how she's leading women. I'm a follower of her. So I can take some of the effective leadership strategies and tips that she's using as a follower of her and then bring them to my audience and lead my audience the same way. Okay. I love that. Yes. And I've actually heard that before. It's like, you know, sometimes I think people, let's say you don't have great role models in your life or, you know, someone in your family or someone from work or school that you can look up to. But we have all of these celebrities and all of these public figures that pick one, pick one that's doing something that you want to do. Pick one that speaks the way you wish you could speak and and kind of become a student of that person. So I definitely understand what you're saying and then take what you learned and teach other people. I love that. Yes. Mm hmm. Okay, so Tiffany, you made it to the finish line. How do you feel? Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> Yay, right? Okay, well, I want to thank you again for being our guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. But before we part, do you want to give our listeners your contact information or mention any events, products, services, and or ventures that they would benefit from knowing about? Yeah, definitely. So I can be found on Facebook under Rich Girl Collective on my business page. The name of my Facebook group is Rich Girl Collective. I'm on Instagram, Rich Girl Collective. So I'm pretty much Rich Girl Collective everywhere. Also, we are in the process of planning a huge conference for women in 2020. It's probably going to be March or April of 2020. And it'll be 300 women, probably in Atlanta and New Orleans. We come, we get together, we meet, we have a lot of fun. We do some work, but we have fun too. So that is coming up and it's called Rich Girl Lives. So that's what we'll be starting to plan or we have started planning. Okay. All right. So, and then if they want to find out more about that, do they go to your website or should they go to your social media? Yes, they can definitely go to richgirlcollective.com. Or richgirllive.com. We'll have awesome. all the information once we have everything kind of like ironed out. All right. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much. We appreciate your insight today. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. You're welcome. I really enjoyed this interview with Tiffany, and I hope you did as well. I agree with Tiffany's viewpoint on the importance of being receptive to advice and feedback. As Tiffany stated, we don't know everything. This is why having the ability to receive advice and feedback is essential to our success as leaders. Advice and feedback help us obtain a better understanding, give us a different perspective to consider, and assist us in avoiding pitfalls. If we want to be more effective, then we must become comfortable with seeking and receiving advice and feedback. A quote by Bill Gates reads, we all need people who give us feedback. That's how we improve. I admire Tiffany's willingness to step up into leadership roles during undergrad and grad school by leading the business club and business projects. 
Leaders seek opportunities, as Tiffany has shown. I find this type of behavior truly admirable, considering the different options and numerous distractions that college students face on a daily basis. Personally, I love to hear stories of individuals who choose to walk the path less traveled at such a young age. A quote by Wilma Mankiller reads, every single person has leadership ability. Some step up and take them, some don't. My answer was to step up and lead. I can relate to Tiffany's personal and professional assessment practices as I have the same. As Tiffany mentioned, it is super beneficial to step back and assess ourselves so we can determine where we are and how we can improve. Self-assessment gives us the opportunity to learn on a deeper level, improve our judgment skills, and increase our engagement. Knowing where we are gives us the foundation necessary to determine where we would like to be. A quote by Elias Muhammad reads, look into the mirror of self-assessment, clean your character, comb your thinking, shave off your bad habits, and brush your skills. Nicole Walker's takeaway for this week. Tiffany mentioned how leaders should lead others individually based on the needs of each person, as opposed to our own desires. To do this effectively, we have to take the time required to learn about the needs of those we lead. I will make it my business to learn what my people need so I can provide the solutions they desire. Although I am very knowledgeable in many areas, I realize that I cannot accurately determine another person's needs without observing, surveying, and or talking to my people. A quote by Mandy Hale reads, there is nothing more beautiful than someone who goes out of their way to make life beautiful for others. And now we have Nicole Walker's Leadership Challenge of the Week. My leadership challenge for you would be to think about the one thing you can take away from this episode and adopt into your life. I know it's hard to absorb too much information at one time, and it's even harder to try and implement too many changes at once. When I attend a training or listen to podcasts, I aim to walk away with at least one thing that stuck out to me and one way that I can change as a result. I challenge you to do the same. Don't forget to subscribe to She Leads Podcast for first access to future episodes. And also like and share this episode of She Leads Podcast entitled Push Through to Achieve with Tiffany S. Williams. Thanks. And until next time, be empowered and empower on.